Greetings ladies and mental gents and welcome to this batch video for the web novel Out of Space taken from the website Royal Road. And as always I hope you enjoy the narration and if you do please consider supporting the channel. Chapter 329 Go Dark The key turned smoothly into the lock and the well-oiled hinges barely made a squeak. Tyria slowly pushed the gate open until there was large enough for one person's body to slip in. One by one, the soldiers of Claymore 1 entered the gate and stayed low and within the shadows. From the intel given by the youngster, there should be a couple of guards by the tree. Making sure that no one could see them, the soldiers hugged the shadows and slowly crawled forward, making sure to make as little noise as possible and keeping low to prevent from being spotted. Two figures could be seen sitting behind a tree where they each held a crossbow across their laps. Tyria closed the gate as gently as possible and gestured his hand signals to the guards. Hitsu and Lok raised their silenced carbines and popped both men, dropping them with a single shot to the head. As the guards died, Wolf and Tavall sprinted across the grounds and grabbed the two bodies before they hit the floor. They rearranged the bodies' backs to their sitting positions and waved to the rest to approach. Overwatch to Claymore 1, hold your position. I see two heat signatures approaching from the right side of the building. It looks like a roving guards. Drake laid opposite the building on the roof of another structure. He and Nott had used ropes to climb up as he quietly as possible to the roof without alerting the occupants inside. Now laying their cloaks and overwatching the compound with his sniper scope, they spotted two white spots under the infra getting closer to their people. One, three, take them out quietly, Tyria ordered. Altyard and Young were both closest to the approaching guards. They laid flat on the ground, keeping their camoed faces away from the approaching guards. As the two guards passed them, they both slowly climbed to their feet and rushed the guards, stabbing them with the sword bayonets into the unprotected armpits of the surprised guards before Hitsu and Lok ran forward and helped carry the bodies to hide them. A quick search of the guards found a bunch of keys, which Tyria handed over to Wolf. Secure the perimeter! Tyria whispered to his men as he spread out and covered the entire courtyard. After making sure that there were no more patrols and hidden guards in the compound grounds, Tyria checked his tracker and nodded towards the building and his men formed up next to the door. Young took out a device that looked like a large 20th century mobile handset with two stubby V-shaped antennas poking out. He swept the device over the door and eyeing it display. After making sure there was no disturbances on the green line on the display, he nodded to the rest and stepped back. Wolf came up and tested a bunch of keys till the right one unlocked the door, and he slowly and carefully opened it. One to all, Terrier whispered into the squad channel. Go dark. Claymore one soldier stepped down their assault helmets and snapped their night vision goggles on, two attached to a slot in front of the helmets, one by one. They stepped into the building. The entryway led into the central passage where there was a flight of stairs leading to the second floor and two doors on each side of the passage with another door at the end. Under the influence of night vision, thin beams of light could be seen as the spec op soldiers swept their laser sights left and right, covering each sector. One to two, clear to the left side, we will take the right. Three, hold the cover over the stairs. Roger, got it. The team split up and checked each room with the first level while the team three remained in the central passageway, their weapons aimed at the stairwell. Tyria and his team took a door and entered the same time, their weapons sweeping for threats. 
The first door on the right led to a parlor of sorts with another double door, while the second door led to a music room where several musical instruments were stored and a door at the end. They pushed through the doors and found themselves in a large ceiling receiving room for guests with large windows on all three sides of the wall. Hitsu and Lok on the left side found a small study in the dining room. The shelves covering the study was bare of books and even the work table seemed abandoned as there was no intel of interest after Hitsu checked the drawers. The door on the dining room led to the kitchens and the servants' bedchambers, which had two skinny women sleeping in tiny cots. Hitsu and Lok quickly jammed them both with a chunk shot, knocking both servants out. Two to all, two maids in the kitchen, both knocked out with drugs, Hitsu reported. Left side all cleared. One, Roger, right side cleared too, no bodies, Terrier replied. Link up back at the stairs. Once everyone is back, they checked the double doors at the end and led led back to the courtyard. Retreating back, they climbed the stairs and continued their sweep. Same as before, they split up and checked each door and room, making sure to tranquilize and tie up any sleeping occupants within the bedchambers. A young suddenly halted before a door and raised his fist as he ran the device over the door frames. The display on the device was showing a bouncing wavelength, which meant that there were some traces of magic residue. This jury-rigged device was made by Dr. Sharon to find Mu particles, which, in other words, made to detect magic. She practically forced Claymore 1 to borrow it to do field tests and review it for her. Luckily, it turned out to work quite well as a non-magical way to detect magic. Three to one, I got magic reaction here, Young reported. One, Roger, clear the rest of the place first, leave it for now, Terrier roared. Another three more males and one female were tranquilized and secured before the whole level two was cleared and the entire team stacked up on the last door with traces of magic. Taval kneeled before the door as he carefully observed the door and found the entire door frame to be carved with a spell formation. Not good. Taval whispered, this seems like a level 7 spell without a proper key, and we will trigger a flame burst and we'll torch the whole corridor. No way to disarm it, Terrier asked. How about the keys from the guards, or anyone found anything from the people sleeping? Hmm, we can blow the frame up, Taval replied, or try to interrupt the magic circuits and the carvings. Can we check what's behind the door without triggering the spell or alerting anyone, Terrier asked again. We can, Taval replied. The spell will only trigger if we play with a lock and forcibly open the door. Deploy the eye cam, Terrier turned to Hitsu, who dug into his bag of holding and pulled out a device with wires and cables. Hitsu took up position next to the door and chose a cable that was thin enough to slip under the door crack. He inserted the cable into the controller and turned the spy cam on. The small screen flickered as images were relayed to the pinhole camera at the end of the cable of the screen. He tilted the spy cam left and right, making sure to observe the entire room and found other than a few chairs and a table in the room. There was a large-sized bed in the middle where someone appeared to be laying on it. Looks like a bedchamber, Hitsu said. One body. Reach it, Taval asked. We still haven't found the way underground, Terrier frowned. Can you disable the spell quietly? I can try, but no guarantees, Taval replied as he took out his tools. Better take cover, if crap happens. Just focus on your task, Terrier cut his words off and gestured for everyone to back off. Taval's fingers traced the carvings on the ruins along the frame and frowned, trying to find a weak link and the magic formation. Finally, after half an hour, when everyone was starting to feel the tense, he grinned and gave a thumbs up before he returned to his work. 
used a small glass dropper and sucked in a few drops of silvery liquid that was made with some arcane components and carefully dripped the liquid into a particular rune. The rune appeared to glow slightly, and the silvery drops hardened and erased the rune away from the doorframe with tendrils of smoke. Deval took a set of lockpicks and worked the door lock. Successfully, he jimmied the lock, and he took a deep breath as he turned the door open carefully. One second. Two seconds. Three seconds. Deval counted mentally as he waited for any signs of the spell triggering and turned to him to ashes. Finally, after ten seconds had passed, nothing had happened and he let out his breath that he'd held. He turned and nodded, keeping his tools and stepping back as the rest of them stacked up and entered the room. On the bed, a large-sized male was sleeping when the soldiers entered, but to their surprise the man suddenly woke up and leapt up from the bed, drawing a sword from somewhere. Take him alive! Tyria hissed after the shock of the man's reactions passed. Hitsu and Wolf, who were in the front of the rest in the room, dropped their carbines and drew their tasers and fired, aiming at the center mass. The man expertly parried the taser barbs away, which further surprised everyone as they were in a dark room, and that person could still still wield his sword well. Hitsu and Wolf stepped in more to allow for rest to enter, and everyone fired their tasers. The man, finally, under heavy onslaught of taser bobs from all directions, soon convulsed round wildly as thousands of volts of electricity were dumped into his body. Bag him, Tyria hissed as the rest quickly disarmed the person and the cable tied his thumbs and feet together, before dumping him on the bed and lighting a glow lamp in the room. Check the room. They found some documents and what appeared to be account books, but the words were illegible. Tyria frowned as he skimmed through the scrolls and books. Looks like some kind of code. On Tereda and Origin, Tyria stepped out of the room to give his report. Topside and grounds of the building secure. We have HVT under taser. No signs of any way to enter the underground area. Origin, Roger, is it clear to enter? One affirmative, Tyria replied. Origin coming in. Raider to take over premises. Raider, Roger that. Marines moving in now. Tyria turned to Wolf and said, Go down to the first floor and escort the lieutenant up. Wolf nodded and he went downstairs while the rest of them dragged the tranquilized people into the room. Tyria sighed as he returned to the room. Found anything else? Found the key to the spell, Taval said as he held up a necklace with a shriveled finger hanging on it. He looked at the necklace onto the doorframe and said, This will prevent the spell from triggering in case the disarming skills is, um, bad. Trissom walked in and walked behind him and smiled while rubbing his hands together. Good work, all of you. He picked up the scrolls and the book and flipped through them. Code? Terrier nodded and gestured to the gagged male on the bed. We need to know where is the entrance to the underground place where they took you to. Trissom smiled and widened as he rubbed his hands again. Not a problem. I'll get him to sing. Sing for me, little bird. Sing. End of chapter... Chapter 330 Into the Darkness Trissom eyed the tied-up prisoner on the bed and smiled while he placed a small pouch on the table. He unrolled a leather pouch with a flourish of the performer doing a performance for an audience. He hummed to himself and removed a syringe and a tiny glass bottle with the printed XB-117 on the labeling. He placed it on the side by the side and even took time to slip a pair of surgical gloves on before he poked the syringe into the bottle of clear liquid and pulled the plunger back slowly. 
Trissom stood over the tied-up prisoner who was staring in anger at him as he flicked the syringe a couple times, tapped the air bubbles up, and pushing them out with squeezing the plunger. No, we don't want to have air bubbles in your veins, do we? Merle's interior stood to the doorway and eye Trism's worked. What's that? Merle's asked curiously. Truth serum. Trism replied as he patted the left arm of the struggling prisoner, finding a vein. Huh, Merle said surprised. Does it work? You're asking me when it's you humans who made it, Trism replied without turning his head. Um, hold still. You don't want this needle to break inside your arm, do you? Take a deep breath. It'll only hurt like tiny little bite. Trism slowly stabbed the needle into the vein of a wide-eyed prisoner who stared in fright and needle going into his flesh. There, and we're done. He removed the syringe after injecting the prisoner with the chemical contents and packed the stuff carefully back into his pouch. Hmm, Merle frowned. I don't think the truth serum works all the time. Ah, yes, that is true. Hence, I will also cast a charm of confusion on him, Trism said. With a combination of drug and spells, he will tell us everything that we need to know. Moles turned to Tyria and raised an eyebrow to which Tyria just gave a helpless shrug. You can do that? Yes, Trism stood over the prisoner and started acting intoxicated. We tested and even had it done on ourselves during training. Damn, Moles whispered. I so do not want to know how naval intel trains their people. Trism placed a hand before the face of the prisoner and a couple of glowy magic circles appeared and chanted the magic verses. Lesser confusion. Lesser charm. He cast another spell after the prisoner was hit with the confusion spell, which left the prisoner moaning behind his gag. Trism lifted his eyelids of the prisoner and checked the pupils, finding them dilated. He removed the gag of the prisoner and then prisoner gave a lopsided smile at Trism. He's ready for your questions. Both Merle's and Tyria walked over and joined Trism at the bedside. Trism gently patted the head of the prisoner and smiled. Tell me your name. M- my n- name is uh, Sam uh, Holt. The prisoner smiled back. Y- y- you're, you're nice. Good, good. Trism praised the prisoner. Now tell me what do you do here. I, I am the stalker br- b- branch master of Norsalm. The prisoner muttered, I am in charge of all, all of the gold affairs here. Who is the masked man? Trism asked next. He, he was an amgencator. He replied with a silly smile. <laughs> Pretty colors. What does he do? Trism leaned close and whispered into the prisoner's ear. And how do I find him? He judges which contracts to take, the prisoner said. You, you can find him here. Here? Trism asked. Where is here? The prisoner giggled and wiggled his hands in an effort to point in the direction before giving up. Unable to understand why he can't move his hands, he's downstairs. How do I go downstairs to find him? Trism slowly and carefully said each word. In the salon. The prisoner turned and looked at Trism with glassy eyes. Push the switch under the, under the second window frame. It'll open in the way... <laughs> Any surprises, Trism asked. Traps? Not dolls? Y- yes, much traps. <laughs> the prisoner giggled again. A key will stop the traps. Is there another way in? Trism asked again. Into the underground where the abjugator is. M- m- many ways in and out, the delirious prisoner said. M- m- many ways. Is there a map for the underground? Trism patted the man's head. N- n- no maps, all in head, the prisoner smiled. 
Trissom turned around to Tyria and gave a nod before he left the room and gathered the men with him. Let's go. We found our way in. Tabal, is there a spell totally disarmed? Tyria gestured to the doorframe. Yep. While you guys were having a fun inside, Tabal grinned and removed the necklace from the frame. I messed up the spell structure since we have the key. Good. Bring it, Tyria said. We are going to go down to the salon. They made their way down past the marine stationed at the stairs and entered the high-windowed salon. There would be a hidden switch under the second window frame. But which, Terrier said. The seven of them fanned out and started searching, running their fingers under the window frames as Altiad suddenly called out, Found it! His fingers found a depression and he pushed it with his finger. A click sounded following by a soft grinding sound came from the other side of the room. A section of the floor moved away, revealing a hole with brighter stairs that led into the darkness. A pitch-black corridor greeted them as they made their way down, but with their night vision, they easily made their way forward. Tyria checked the tracking signal and found it was less than 50 meters away. Taval, taking point, was reporting traps here and there, and he spent time to disarm the magical traps, making the going slow. Finally, they came upon a door at the end of the corridor, and discovering no response from the MU detector, they carefully entered. They found themselves in a large anteroom, supported by six pillars and several doors that could be seen. Four large tables and benches were set in the middle of the room, with globes of glow lamps on the walls lighting the area. Plates and bowls were stacked up to one side of the tables, while the other benches sat a couple of people who were speaking in low tones and drinking from goblets. Terriers halted team and gestured to the men to spread out and cover the area with hand signals. The two unsuspecting stalkers continued their conversation without noticing Claymore One soldiers entering the room. One, two, take them out, Terrier ordered after everyone was in position. Instantly, suppressed puffs of air replied to him, and two bodies slumped down to the table with holes in the head. Which way? Hitsu whispered as he took the doors around him. Check the doors, Terrier said, see where they lead to. They slowly checked each and every door and bound them to lead off into different rooms or exits. Tyria looked at the time, and seeing that he'd spent more than an hour just clearing the entire underground complex, had yet to even approach their target. Along the way, anyone they bumped into was put down swiftly and silently. Even those sleeping in the chambers were neutralized without any hesitation. All right, stop clearing the tunnels, he decided to change tactics. We grabbed the HVT first and then we returned to clear the place out. Following the tracker, they finally reached the place where the signal was the strongest. After the usual checks for traps and surprises, Hitsu used a handheld inspection tool and slipped up to one under the door to crack and saw a large bedchamber. After the locked door was picked, the team stacked up and entered stealthily with their tasers at the ready. Learning from the previous lesson, once they stepped into the room without any hesitation, the first man fired the taser at the body of the bed, followed by the next man. The assault was almost anticlimactic as the body in the bed spasmed and kicked madly as the electricity coursed through its body without him putting up any struggle. Tag him and bag him, Terria whispered. Grab everything that seems useful for intel. The men spread out into the large bedchamber that decorated the richly compared to the others that they had cleared. Clearly, the decor had been done on par with the status of the person living there. Books and scrolls were quickly collected without checking their contents and placed inside Hitsu's bag of holding to be sorted out later. Suddenly, a bell jingled in the room, causing the soldiers to freeze as they looked around in confusion for the source of the sound. Crap, 
Tyria hissed. I think we've been made. Three contacted. Squad channel buzzed as Team 3 holding point outside the room reported. Four tangos down. One, Roger, Terrier replied before turning to the rest of the room. Five mics, grab everyone and let's go. They quickly left the place and stepped over the bodies of the dead, littering the tunnels as they headed towards the exit. The urchin tinkling bowels and echoes running feet followed them as they entered the antechamber. A small crowd of hooded figures were milling around inside when Claymore 1 suddenly appeared in the room, and a hush well into the room. For a minute, both sides just stared at each other in confusion before someone yelled, Intruders! Engage! Terrier yelled at the same time as pops of suppressed gunfire erupted from around him. The stalkers drew their swords out and dropped on the spot as the rifle rounds punched through their light armor. The stalkers charged over the tables on round pillars as the men of Claymore 1 held their ground firing single shots of aimed fire at any threat. The sudden mad engagement barely took a minute to be over. The smell of burnt gunpowder lingered thickly in the room, mixing with an iron smell of blood and voided bowels. Clear right, Hitsu called out as he swept his rifle over the covered sector. Left clear, Young reported from the southern side. Go, Terrier said as they hurriedly stepped over the blood and gore, they spent rifle cartridges rattling the brass catcher attachments on their rifles. As they ran, another one suddenly appeared from around the door. Contact left. Another flurry of shots brought down the newcomers, and soon they were back in the long corridor that led back to the mansion. As they exited the tunnel, they found Sergeant Mills and a couple marines waiting for them. What happened? Mills asked. We got made, Terrier said as he caught his breath. When we got an HVT... Contact! Someone still at the bottom yelled. Several muzzle flashes lit up the dark tunnel as the last man fired at the enemy. Clear! Blow the explosives, Terrier ordered. Mills blinked widely. What? Rumble could be heard and the ground shook slightly while the dust rained down from the ceiling. Altiet grinned as he kept away from the detonator. We only managed to mine some of the exits we found. Terrier grinned. That should trap some of them while we go back and root them out. Seriously? You guys have thought of collateral damage, Mills frowned. Innocents could have been killed. Terrier gave a shrug. It's either them or us. Besides, there are no innocents in war. We, Mills wanted to argue, but Terrier put a hand on forestalling Mills' words. We're in the old district of the city, Terrier said. There are not many people living in these parts. But still, Mills felt Terrier's actions were overkill. You could have injured innocents. These exits are placed and all controlled by the stalkers. Terrier finally snapped. They are only their people there guarding the exits. Now, if you excuse me, I've got more people to go kill. End of chapter. Chapter 331. Shaking the City. City of Norsalm. The dull rumble and quake of the ground and the city residents closest to the source woken up from their sleep. They peered out from their windows and wondered what was happening. Those next to the building that collapsed down were shocked and they ran out of their houses in their sleepwear, staring dumbstruck at the destruction of the neighboring buildings. The city guard raced down to the scene to sort out the confusion and fears of the citizens while checking around the ruins to see if there was any survivors. As the news of the collapse of the building slowly spread, several other quakes shook the city. Underground Stalker Guild Tyria swapped out his spent rifle magazine with a fresh mag, carefully keeping the emptied mag into his ammo pouch. They had to be careful with littering the place with any traces of technology. Stuff like spent brass casings was collected by brass catcher attachment strapped to the ejection port of their rifles. 
The bulky attachment made their carbine slightly unwieldy in the long, narrow tunnels, but it hardly mattered, as the Assassin Guild members were quickly dispatched as they were encountered. Due to the number and scale of the tunnels, Mills had to send two sections of his marines to help clear the place. They had given up on totally wiping out the entire Stalker Guild in the city, as there were too many unknown exits leading out of the underground nest. Their objective changed to search and destroy, search for any information and destroy any guild members and exits. The whole operation ran until the early hours of the morning, before the last report came in that there was no more tunnels to explore and destroy. The men set their last charges and retreated, followed by chalk markings drawn on the walls that led them back to their rendezvous locations. Along the way, the double checked the area, making sure they did not miss anything, and once they exited the tunnels, their remaining explosives planted underground were detonated, shaking the city, adding more confusion and fear. The marines and Claymore One all gathered inside the mansion with their prisoners. Trissom looked at the men and smiled. Good job, despite having some members of the Stalkers escaping, but I am certain that at least 90% of the guild was destroyed here. The men gave a cheer at the news. Now we will return. Due to our actions, the city is in an alert state, so here are some disguises. Two large chests filled with cloaks and helms were carried in. Each man were to wear a cloak and a helmet, their Rothschild's crest emblazoned on his back. You will now take the role of Rothschild's household guards. The prisoners will be loaded into two carriages waiting for us outside now. Trissom said, We will be acting as a prisoner escorts. Our story will be due to the suddenly strange quaking of the earth to move our prisoners. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Good. Grab your gear and form up outside, Trissom said. Sir, Merles asked when the man led left. Can we get past the gate with these disguises? Trissom smiled. Don't worry, I got a letter from the night Captain Judas that authorized me to move our prisoners. You had foreseen this, Tyrion asked from the side in surprise. Well, we do need a way to move any prisoners we got, even if the city wasn't alarmed by our actions, Trissom replied. What is a better excuse than to say that there are political enemies and we need to move them to another location? Nice, Moles nodded. So, with this confusion, we boldly stand out and avoid suspicion. Trissom nodded. And if our enemies are watching, it'll make them wonder about the identity of our prisoners, too. Makes them sweat. Ha <laughs> Mills grinned. I like that. Okay, gather your men, Trissom said, and burn this place down. The two columns of soldiers escorting two carriages slowly marched away from the burning building behind them as they headed towards the city gate. Residents gossiping and speculating amongst themselves as they watched the soldiers departing, wondering what had happened to the building. The skies were still dark with a slight hint of purple and red clouds, yet the citizens and the city were in full force. Most of them were dressed in sleepwear. Others clutched their prized possessions, wondering should they run away from the city or not. Guards and members of the city watch were busy trying to calm the frightened masses, while priests and other religious figures were taking the opportunity to preach about the religions and offering divine protections for a small donation. Other enterprising merchants started selling foods, drinks, and charms that guaranteed to protect them. Some even claimed to be level 5 protection spells. Mull's eyes the ongoings nervously. His view of the surroundings were greatly hampered by the heavy helm he wore. The ice that's on his helm narrowed his view to only what was in front of him and forced himself to not jerk his head everywhere when his helm cut off his peripheral vision. Luckily, the crowd parted before them like waves, allowing them to move unhindered on the streets.
Even the local guards in the city watch did not dare to stop them after seeing the Rothschild's crest. Reaching the inner city gates, the guards quickly stopped them. Halt! The gates are closed! Trissom climbed down and laid carriage and swaggered off to the guards and waved a scroll at the guard captain's face. I got a letter here allowing me to move prisoners under the orders of Knight Captain Judas. The guard captain's expression changed and he quickly gave a salute before he checked the document. Finding no issues with the letter, he turned to his subordinates and quickly ordered, Open the gates! Trissom gave a triumphant grin and returned to the carriage. Move out! As they returned to the Rothschild's estate, Captain Knight Judas was waiting for them at the door. Let's go to the Chancery now. Mills was surprised when he saw Titania sitting at the head of a desk, waiting for them in the room when they all entered. Should you be up at this time? Titania gave a smile and a shake of her head, gesturing at them to be seated. Judas stood beside Titania and said, How was the, um, mission? The commotions in the city have caused by you. Trissom smiled and said, The mission was highly successful, and yes, we caused the disturbances. We managed to capture two high-ranking stalker members and also killed an estimated 40 of their people and destroyed their base of operations. The disturbances in the city were us destroying their nest. We also gleaned some information on the hierarchy works, Trissom added. Leading from the top is the council members, which has seven seats, followed by the abjurators and the branch masters who govern a city's branch. Their low-level members consist of four levels, from most senior executioners to enforcers, who carry out the killings. Trissom explained, The other two levels are initiates and gets promoted to the newly inducted apprentices, who mostly do all of the groundwork of collecting intelligence and other layman duties. We managed to capture a branch manager and an abjunctator, Trissom proudly declared, also documents and books which we have yet to decipher their contents yet. We assuredly say that with the presence of the stalkers here in Norsalm is effectively destroyed, Trissom said. With the stalkers gone, there shouldn't be a second attempt on your life, Lady Titania. Titania nodded and Judas said, Please inform us immediately should you find any further information regarding who paid to kill our ladyship. That is a given, Trissom replied. Now the next thing to settle is to weaken the forces set against you. Your troops are frankly too demoralized for another battle, Trissom said. I will not be surprised if more than half of them defects to the other factions. Both Titania and Judas's faces turned ugly at the statement, but they did knew too well the truth to his words. I have been trying to gather as many soldiers loyal to Lady Titania as possible, Judas said. But you are right. Defeated army is easier to be seduced over, especially since the rumors have been spread by our enemies. Trissom nodded. We will need detailed information on their resources and property. If we can disrupt their businesses and revenue, we can buy more time for you to reestablish your authority in the city and the army. Titania bobbed her head vigorously. She had the exact same idea as what Trissom was saying. Once we identify the important businesses and facilities, Trissom grinned, we can create several accidents in these areas, which will greatly damage their resources in the city. Burn their businesses down, destroy their storehouses... Judas frowned. Norsalm is still a city governed by law, and if things like that happen, that'll become our lady's reputation. Then find a legal reason to shut down their businesses, Trissom replied. Anything outside the city will be fair game. Judas gave a bark of laughter. That's clever. I can think of dozens of ways to impound their storehouses and cargoes. Good, Trissom said. I am sure that you have some hidden places to station your mercenaries and soldiers where they are recruiting. Find where the gold and food is going, and we'll find where the locations and forces are camped. 
But at the same time, Tristram added, we need to double the guards on your businesses and properties. We are in the light while they are in the dark, meaning they can strike us from the shadows while we can only act in the light. They will not stop at only spreading rumors, Tristram said. If they can create trouble and discredit you, they will do it. Titania nodded at Trism's advice and strained voice. She said to Judas, Do it! Make sure to prevent any unwanted incidents by our enemies. And now, with your ladyship's absence from the region affairs in the Citadel, Trism said, I'm sure that the other factions suspected something would have happened to you by now. Hopefully, it'll make them reveal their plans while thinking you are, um, indisposed, making them show off their cards in their hands before they are ready. So these three days before the gala will be crucial for our plans, Tristram said. When they think that they have all the cards in their hands, we will burn the house down around them. Thank you, Titania whispered softly. Judas will assist you with anything you need. Tristram and the rest stood up and bowed as they made their way to exit. We will start by interrogating the prisoners we got. Merle lingered behind and eyed Titania a few times before she gestured Judas to leave the room and for Mills to stay behind. Judas gave a glare and a huff at Mills as he passed by him. You better behave yourself, barbarian. Mills struck out his tongue at the departing back of Judas, making Titania giggle before she lapsed into a coughing fit. Mills quickly poured her some water and patted her on the back gently before her cough subsided. Sorry for making you laugh, Mills smiled, taking a seat next to her. Are you feeling better? Titania nodded and replied in a soft whisper. My throat is still slightly sore, but I feel a lot better than before. Good, Mel said, but I still should have rest more. I, I want to thank you for, for saving me, Titania blushed, but you saw me naked. Oh, Mel looked away in embarrassment. Well, saving you was more important at the time. You, you need to take responsibility, Titania glared at Mel's. What? Mel blinked his eyes rapidly in confusion. What did you say? I said you need to take full responsibility. End of chapter. Chapter 332. Enemies at your doorstep. Three days passed rapidly and the Rothschild's estate and the buzzing a hive of activity. Wagons of food and barrels of wine were constantly delivered to the estate while messengers and couriers shuttled to and fro between the city citadel and Titania's chancery. Titania sighed as another stack of scrolls were placed on her desk. Her work seemed to be never-ending. She passed the word to all matters of governance were to be approved by her before they could be submitted. She decided on this when they found several clerks had overstepped their boundaries and gave favorable terms and conditions to whoever paid them the most. Hence, she and a few trustworthy staff had buried deep in work, as they had to screen every document and contract one by one. And, to make matters worse, she wasn't appearing in public events ever since she was attacked, leading to rumors that she had fallen ill. Her enemies had spread rumors that she had either died or run away from the city. Every day, couriers, messengers, and even the city ministers and lords came to beg an audience with her, but all were rejected, which reinforced the rumors that she was gravely ill. Those that stood on her side started to worry if they had chosen the right side to support when they received no news of her. While she was buried under a mountain of paperwork, Intel Officer Trissom and Knight Captain Judas had formed an ad hoc working relationship. Both of them worked together to gather intelligence and information regarding their enemies. She sighed as she read through another contract regarding a loan of lands and farming and logging and rejected it. 
She suddenly got reminded of Mills and she scrumbled the notes and ball of anger as she still hadn't given her a satisfactory answer. The coffers of the House of Rothschild were repeated rapidly as gold and silver exchanged hands. Spies that could be recruited, bought or bribed, where those belonging to other factions were placed on careful surveillance. Traitors and those who accepted bribes or favors from the other factions were noted down and kept on watch. All in all, there was a fruitful and busy three days for both men as they had barely slept. Lady Titania! Both men had dark circles under their eyes, bowed before Titania, seated at the head of the table. We did our best to get as much information regarding our enemies as we could in the short period of days. Thank you both for your hard work, Titania said, gesturing for them to be both seated. What have you both found out? Well, we managed to uncover several people upstanding in the Citadel staff, accepting brides from the House Tarrant and House Deflin, Captain Knight Judas reported. Very likely they have been brought over. I am my very best men watching them now. Also, the East Gate and South Gate and commanders and both inner districts watch commanders have been brought over by them too. Judas read off from the list. The city harbors second in charge. Seven, one hundred men commanders from the 18th Spear. Four, one hundred men commanders from the 20th Spears. Eleven captains from the 33rd, 34th, and 37th Imperial Dragon Corps. Judas continued to list out the names and positions of the every business of those who had investigated had joined the other factions. The list consisted of names from the city guards and watch to administrators, clerks, army, dragon corps, and even the merchants and businesses in the city. As Judas counted down the list, Titania's facial expression changed from ugly to pale as more and more names were read out. Finally, over 60 names, Judas finished his report. These are the only ones we've managed to uncover in these three days. We suspected there might be more that we had yet to discover. Titania leaned back in her chair and gave a deep breath of helplessness. It is so much of our own have joined them. What are our chances of now of winning? To be frank, Tristram answered, very low. Titania lowered her head. Should I just give the seat if there is no chance of winning? At least there will be no senseless deaths. I estimate at least half of your remaining forces have joined the other faction, Trissom said with a confirmation nod from Judas. You have roughly, what, 9,000 soldiers still loyal to you? If you include the household guards in the city and watch, Trissom added, you probably have 1,500 men in total. Judas sighed. Our opponents should have at least three times our numbers. How can we defeat a 40,000 soldiers? Titania shook her head. Even if we cut the supplies and money flow, how much can we buy from the inevitable outcome? We can still prevent them from those soldiers from joining the other side, Trissom said. Arrest all the people in this nameless and promote someone else loyal or not in the pay of the other factions. All merchants and businesses shut them down till further notice, Tristram said, and the best time that I can think of to do this without the houses from finding out till it's too late is at the ball tonight. Titania nodded in understanding before she turned to Judas. I'll need your men to carry out the arrests tonight. I'll distract everyone at the ball long enough for you to do what you need to do. Judas nodded. I'll take my men and execute your orders when all the guests have arrived. Tristram said, it will also be a good time to target certain businesses of both House Tarrant and Deflin, and it'll be best to bring your two half-brothers if they are attending the ball tonight, Trissom said. With them in your hands, the fewer troubles they can make and the other side who has one less accusation to pin on you. Judas shook his head. I do not have enough manpower. Already this list is stretching the limits of my people. 
If you want to disrupt House Tanneran and Deflin businesses and capture her two brothers back, I do not have the troops needed. Titania turned to Trisman and asked, Can you help bring me my two brothers in? That shouldn't be too much of a problem, Trissom grinned. Thank you for your help, Titania replied. I will not forget this favor. Hopefully tonight we can cut off some of their resources, Titania said, and give us some more time to recruit and train troops. As long as we have time until autumn, after the harvest season, we can recruit more people. Trissom's eyebrows raised as Titania's words. That's like three months. I doubt the other side will give you that much time, Trissom said. I suspected they'll make their move once they find out you're still alive. But I need at least three months to gather more troops, Titania sighed. Men need to be outfitted with weapons and armors, and even trained. It all needs time. Well, there is a simpler solution, Trissom smiled. Use your slaves. The slaves? Titania frowned. But the slave army has been left behind at all point. Do you want to train another slave army? It will take a lot of gold. Oh, Trissom shook his head. Offer all the saves in the city freedom in exchange for fighting for you. What? You just look bug-eyed at Trissom. Are you crazy? Trissom gave a shrug. Give the slaves a chance. Read them in exchange for serving you as a one or two years. Boom! Instantly you have thousands of soldiers. Trissom grinned. And you don't need to wait a few months. Do you know how many people were revolted we did that? Judas hissed. All the merchants, the trade ships, all the captains, and they're crying for blood. Trissom gave a shrug. You need troops urgently, and they have so many slaves here, whom at least a third used to be a soldier. Your people might hate you for freeing the slaves and taking away their cheap labor, Trism said, but the freed slaves will give you their loyalty forever for their freedom. Titania shook her head. Impossible! Norsalm's economy will collapse if the slaves were to suddenly be freed. There'll be no one working the docks, mines, farms, or even the stalls. Trism said, well, that's up to you. I know suddenly freeing slaves will cause the economy to crash, but you can always do it step by step. Not to mention, sooner or later, the United Nations will require you to stop slavery, Trissom added, since it'll happen later, by not make sure of it now. Do it step by step and introduce reforms that'll please both you people and the freed slaves. I need to think about this more, Titania sighed. It is not a simple matter. It needs to be properly planned and discussed. Trissom nodded. Don't think too long. Your enemies are on your doorstep already. Thank you for your help and your advice, Titania nodded. We'll talk again later. Now I must prepare for the ball later, and you two have your orders and duties to see to. Trissom and Judas both stood up and bowed before they exited. Lord Trissom, we may not see eye to eye and being enemies before, but I sincerely hope that you can help Lady Titania. Judas stopped Trissom as he said in a serious voice. I do not wish to see her head in a basket, Judas said as he gave a low bow. So please lend me your aid the United Nations strength to us. Trissom, I, Judas is bowing down at him inside. Come on, don't do this. We are here to help so you don't need to bow your plead. We will do our best to help her. Thank you, Judas sincerely said. I shall arrange my men to arrest everyone on the list. Trissom watched Judas walk away with a double feeling in his heart. Well, we'll do what we can for her, but if worse comes to worse, our orders are to fall back. Dozens and dozens of expensive adorned carriages rolled in one by one into the Houth Rothschild's estate. Guests dressed both fashionably and richly strolled into the estate, escorted by servants in the great hall where musicians played music in the background. All the guests were curious as to whether Lady Titania would make an appearance or whether the rumors were true. 
that either she was ill or had run away. As all the guests had arrived and soon the sun set over the horizon, the major domo rings a bell and causing the voices to be quietened down as they are turned into attention and announcement. Her ladyship, Countess Titania Rothschild, Governor of Norsell, Mistress of the House of Rothschild, Overseer of the Southern Territories. Dressed in a lilac sleeveless spider silk gown and bared her shoulders, her blonde pear pinned up and crystal pear pin, she walked down the red carpeted staircase gracefully. Claps and cheers accompanied her entrance as the male guests in the great hall warmly welcomed her arrival. Almost instantly, she was swamped with male suitors and curious guests who wanted to know what had happened to her and her health was doing fine. She answered the guests' questions politely to fend off her suitors' advances. As she mingled around the crowd, two pairs of eyes glared daggers at her from afar. Lord Taran and Lord Devlin each held a crystal goblet of wine and watched her barely suppressed hatred and surprise. Didn't the stalkers kill her or badly wound her? Lord Taran whispered to Devlin. Why is she still here? Lord Devlin's wrinkled face was he watched the girl entertaining guests. Something must have happened. The stalkers never fail. Seeing her so energetic, it must mean that they had failed. Lord Taran hissed. Then... We shall move our plans forward. End of chapter. And that, my friends, is the end of this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the channel. There are numerous links down below. The easiest way would be to share this video and this channel to as many people as possible to help this channel grow. Your support is very much appreciated. And I will see you all in the next video. Cheers.